We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking emerging media, e-games, cannabis, and so much more. Without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. With three Hello. brothers, various shades of brown, bringing back. you the latest in tech, <laughs> He's business, back, ladies and, gentlemen. and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Oh, you like that? He's in, he's in. He's back. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. AG finally remember his cue after a couple weeks. We are going to be we're going to be oh, in for a good episode. I already feel it right now. I feel it right now. So uh, <laughs> he hit the marks. He hit the mark, ladies and gentlemen. We've only been doing 100 episodes. So he's finally getting I hit that one. I, I just it. thought about that one right there, like five seconds before five seconds before you threw it to me. I was like, ah. He's like, yeah, oh, you want me to go now? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Nice. Well done, and For man. those who don't know, I thought it was, I thought it was Olympic theme. Well, is, is that pretty accurate there? That was the Olympics. No. That was the Olympic. Okay. Uh, okay. That's what that was? Oh, yeah, okay. Man. All right. All right. Hey, hey, hey T-Pain, got, you got to get I some auto tune, man. Everybody sounds the same. Everybody sounds the same. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Welcome, oh. welcome, welcome to the Whiskey Hill. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're in for a great episode. Glad you're here. Um, as you can see, we're here. We're excited. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, hopped on, got it in, and uh, excited. So what's going on, fellas? What's new? I will kick it off by saying it's Yeezy season. So Uh-oh. go from there. Chicago. There you go. Go. I, I didn't see it last <laughs> night. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, you, you mentioned it and I had something else to prepare for. I heard it was hot. And then, um, everyone's excited that G, you know, Yeezy's been making him some free agency trades, traded in Kim K. So then you got Jay Z back. <laughs> Jay Z's like, Oh, you're not with her anymore. I'm back. <laughs> Apparently that track's supposed to be hot. Uh, I'll saw I on listen, Twitter. I, I listened to it. I listened to it. You know, everybody posted. Uh, Jay Z's verse. I was like, ah, and now, and then, and then, and then, and then, in true Chicago fashion, I I go up uh, this morning hoping that uh, his album was ready. I don't know, not <laughs> all true Chicago Uh-oh. fashion. Oh, <laughs> anyway, I let it, I let it slide. <laughs> let it slide. So what else is going on? What else right, is going now, on? That's really not Chicago fashion. Hey, true we Yeezy should we fashion. should talk about. Hey, man, we should talk about there it. Hey. Go. No, no, I'm not, no, no, this is, you're going to appreciate this. I wrongfully picked, I'll tell you, you know, I know this, I don't know, I went away for a couple of weeks and these cats are still not on schedule. I let them ride it. This episode's going to come out way after, but, um, Chris Paul, man, I wrongfully picked him that he would get his first ring. Yeah. <laughs> I got, uh, you know, I didn't know that they would, he would lose four straight. So, I mean, I like him a lot. I was hoping he'd get it. Um, I didn't know it does State Farm cover ass whoopings. I'm just kidding. Uh, cause he, <laughs> cause he's no, nah, no, nah, but let's go. Let's congratulate. He's a baller, right? And Derek Booker, I think, you know, I think he'll probably book Devin either Booker. him or Russ. Yeah. Dev, oh yeah, man. My bad. My bad. Um, one of those, I mean, he or Russ are going to book to the Lakers, you know, the super team thing, but let's give a shout out to Milwaukee, man. Mark Lazary. Yeah. I'm going to start there. He's a part owner. Billionaire hedge fund manager. You probably see him on Bloomberg, CNBC, but it's just nice to see this guy come on and he's like a good dude. He's a dude's dude. Um, when, and then Chris Middleton, straight out of the G League. Clyde, Clyde's the only guy that ever heard of this cat before because um, he before. was he with Detroit Pistons first. Oh, was he? He got drafted by the Pistons. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, oh, speaking of drafting, Bobby Portis, my guy goes with the Bulls. 
Um, he will win every staring contest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That dude will he'll, he'll stare at the clouds and the thunderstorm. They're like, man, we're just gonna quit raining. This dude hasn't blinked. <laughs> but he, I never knew he had that much personality, man. But I guess when you're on a winning team, it changes everything. But let's get to the man. You know, Giannis, Milwaukee Bucks, right? Playing his best when absolutely needed, and he's humble. You, you got to get you. And we're going to talk about like mental health and everything later on, and just owning everything. He's a seven foot, two hundred forty, fifty pound man. Just let his emotions flow afterwards. Don't be afraid to be you, man. I love that. I love that. And you know, he he put a knock on all the teams, like the Kevin Durant's, the Lebrons. I'm, I'm not, not me, but he's like, hey, we did it without a super team, which is dope. But you know, like all these other cats, that's it's. It was nice to see old school basketball. I know. Clyde, you can probably appreciate that, right? Old school, just like, hey, you got one main dude and everyone yeah. else around him. It's just kind of dope to see. Haven't seen yeah, it in a while. Definitely dope, dope, dope. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a good Batman. He had a good Robin, too, because Middleton was good. And, you know, some players showed up. But the best part of all this was after the championship, he went to Chick-fil-A and said, I want to get a 50-piece, not 49 not fifty one. I want that's a amazing. Fifty piece nugget. <laughs> I want to can I, fifty points, man. Yeah, dude. Listen, I think we're focused on the wrong thing here. Uh, oh. I want to shout out the city of Milwaukee for having eighty thousand people outside with no mask. Oh. Only sixty percent of the <laughs> only sixty percent of the state is vaccinated. Oh, okay. man. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's good. <laughs> hey, it's, it's it's different. It's the Midwest, right? <laughs> I, I just I'm just sitting here, just like uh no one's got up. They, they keep on panning. Everyone on ESPN is like, wow, the energy outside, the energy in, in Deer to Deer yeah. District. And then they sh- and they're panning over, and you're like, no one's got a mask on. And, and I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking at, and I hate to be that guy because I don't, I don't want to be that guy because listen, I'm all about living your life too. But yeah. 60% of the state is vaccinated. And I was like, Milwaukee, I'm going 60% of that 80,000. Is vaccinated. The other forty percent <laughs> might be carrying a Delta variant. Right now. <laughs> They're all heading to the Olympics right now. Hey, let's get Japan. <laughs> We're just trying to take countries out international level now, man. But no, congrats to that team, man. Congrats to Milwaukee. Yeah, congrats to Milwaukee. Congrats to that team. You may not be around too much longer, but congrats. Oh, oh man. Hey, can can you get? Can they all go up to Green Bay? I'm just playing. Uh, oh, <laughs> take a well, few of them might, out. You no, might be kidding. in luck. You might be in luck, and I'll leave it that after this one. Is that uh, Aaron Rodgers might be sitting out this year you know you never know he's going to denver or oakland man and i would love him then hey look he's like he's like lebron to me i can admire the hell out of his talent i just don't like him because he beats my team's ass all the time right and more so aaron Rodgers, obviously twice a year but you know i welcome him leaving the league uh, the division you're as all chicago bears fans you guys got your savior at qb Uh, hey hey don't jinx it all right we said this we said this many times before fair enough fair enough (laughs) Fair enough. But, uh, anyway, yeah. we'll see. So, so yeah, so we're in for a great episode. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, as a part of the Whiskey here, we like to feature a whiskey of the day. And what I want to feature today is uh, Redemption Road. Uh, Redemption Road is a whiskey that I came up uh, came up on recently, had some, had some people over at the crib, sipped on it, and I want to share it with, the, with, with you all, and then uh, we'll go from there. All right. Cool, man. So, so this there. episode um, is going to be a good one. Uh, we, you know, we've done our research, um, but you know, we're going to share a topic around mental health. And you know, one of the things that you know, the black and brown community, we know that everyone is impacted uh, dramatically. And then we want to look at it from the whiskey here perspective. 
Yeah. So, you know, and this, this came up, we were just going back and forth on text. Anthony had sent a great article from McKinsey. Uh, and then at the same time, this Naomi Osaka episode happened with, it was at the French open where she sat out because, Hey, she just felt anxiety and depression a little bit. Right. Was that, was it the French open? Yep. Yeah. And then, and then Chris Bosch, right. You know, he, he's got a book out, I think, or he's been on the, on the interview circuit saying, Hey man, Blood clots took him away from the one thing he loved, basketball. And then he had to deal with some things when he finally realized, I'm not going to be able to play this one sport anymore. So then, and then we bring it back to our normal lives, man. We've seen a lot of things in the last year. And let's be, there's so many angles to mental health, right? There's, we're, and we just want to normalize the conversation. We know we're not experts, but we are human beings. And as broadcast journalists, it's our duty to promote positive awareness around this thing. So, you know, there's the different facets that we'll try to hit on all of these today. You know, there's the the highest tier, most difficult tier, isolation, chemical imbalances in the brain, depression, difficult topic. We'll approach it. Uh, and now that COVID is gone or minimized, the immediate threat, potentially, um, we should probably shift our focus to helping people with isolation and other disorders that were amplified during the last year. And the more simpler one, which is still heavy, anxiety, and then peak performance, employees to executives to athletes, controlling mental health, meditation, breathing exercise. These are the kind of things we're going to jump into. And here's a quote, man. And it's from the philosopher Ryan Reynolds, who starred in this shitty movie, Van Wilder. <laughs> Look, and, and, and it resonates, man. And it resonates. <laughs> I love Ryan Reynolds, though. He's, he's just funny. Um, don't take life too seriously or you'll never get out alive. Right. And we'll, we'll just play on that theme later on. But let's set that'll tee up our conversation for today. And I'm handing it back to Clyde. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Dylan. I appreciate that. And, you know, one of the things as I was researching this topic, something stood out to me is that the especially the black community is roughly around 13 percent of the population. But of those, almost 20 percent have reported some type of mental uh, illness uh, in the past year. So that's roughly around seven million people. Um, who've wow. been in, impacted by mental illness. You know, that's, when you think about it in the population, like 7 million people out of 300 million plus in the United States, when you combine those, that's like Chicago, Houston, and Philadelphia combined. Like that's how many mm. people this is impacting. And those are just the ones who report it. There are a lot of people out there, especially in the in the male and men community, um, <clears throat> who, you know, keep stuff bottled in and, you know, explode. So this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but one of the things that I just wanted to kick off with saying that, you know, there's a lot of people who have this or have friends who don't uh, really recognize it, just maybe like I'm down, but, you know, I could use someone to talk to. So I, um, I, 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 and I go back to the great philosopher uh, Instagram, <laughs> since we're talking about great philosophers, uh, there was a quote there when someone, you know, I'm fine means so many different things like you know how, how you doing and they're like i'm fine like there's so much layer behind that sometimes it's good to ask additional questions and see if there's more that you can have a conversation around and see what that means because i'm fine could just mean like my life is falling to pieces i don't want to talk about it uh and just keep it going so you know we'll dive in, into that but you know just thinking about like in the black and brown community there's over you know seven plus million people who are impacted and you know, we think about it from the Whiskey Hue perspective, how there are communities being impacted, but there's also a lot of technologies who are trying to address or bring this issue to light. You know, I think about some of those like Calm, the Calm app, which is meditation. Yeah. 
there are others that are that are out there of um, um, different forms. So, you know, we'll dive into that. And there are specific, you know, access to healthcare where, you know, that's specifically thinking about mental health apps. Um, I talked about Calm, and there's there there are many others that we'll dive into. But yeah, I just wanted to kick off with that. Yes, listen, I, I think when it comes down to mental health, and especially from a black and brown community, I think one way or the other. We are dealing, you know, men, there, there's there's two different kinds of uh, mental health is- issues that men deal with versus women. Right. And some of it's the same, but some of it's different. Right. There, there are two different things that we're dealing with. And, you know, speaking from, you know, the black and as as you guys like to point out at the beginning of every episode, the confusing middle. <laughs> they, uh, one, one thing is that from the black side, there is a different kind of trauma that black men and black people deal with within this country that has to be recognized that you do have to handle, right? Very few of us can really manage what we've gone through in life, whether you think you've had a great upbringing or not. It is nothing wrong with talking to a third party that can help you get out. They're not going to be, they're not a savior. A therapist is not a savior, right? A therapist is someone who can help you, guide you along the way of finding whatever issue you might you might be dealing with right and and getting that issue out is almost like when you're in a business environment when you sit down in a meeting and you're like what is the problem and until you figure out what that problem is you can't address it and that's what that's what therapy is and and i i like to you know because i've had conversations with friends all the time when they when it comes down to going to therapy and they're like oh the cost the cost is a lot i'm like man one, most insurances cover therapy. Now, in today's world, like it, 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 a lot of insurances do cover it. And then sometimes you might have to come out of pocket. And I, I want to say this and I might get backlash, but eh, whatever. Um, you will spend more on dinner or on seamless mm. or going out to drink on, uh, on a weekly or biweekly basis, which would be the same cost of therapy, one session. Some people don't like, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm speaking for some of the friends I know. Then you would, you, you, you'll take that same mentality. I'd rather hang out and spend money, drink my way through the pain it, or, or eat out, et cetera, as opposed to spending on therapy. At this point in our lives, we have to really recognize where the drama, where the problem is and spend that money on therapy for others who don't have that extra cash. Depending on what city you live in and what state you live in, some states do provide services. You know, New York does, state of New Jersey does. Um, I can't speak for every other state, but a lot of these states and major cities also provide some kind of mental health outreach and help. So it is it does t- make you take a little extra step to go find and look for for a therapist or someone who you can talk to. But the first step is going everybody kind of needs some little help and it's not just, it's not just because, Oh, I didn't feel any pain. I don't, I don't, you know, I, you know, I can continue with my normal life. I'm fine. A little course correction, a little assistance is always needed. Yeah. I think you brought up a good point. And one thing I want to highlight, you talk about insurance and some of the research I did found that, you know, it's almost 15% of like black adults, they don't have health insurance. So I think you bring up a good point around seeing if there are any kind of local services. Um, and even if you do get to a point where you, you know, figure that out, um, 
one study came back and said there are, you know, less than 5%, like 4 to 5% of the people, therapists look like the black and brown community. Yeah. Um, where compared to like 84% of people who are white. Um, so like it, looking at the, the numbers across the board, it was like Asian was 4% of therapists. Um, blacks were 5%. Hispanics were 5%. Um, so just thinking through that, <clears throat> you want to find somebody that looked like you can understand your experiences, have the conversation. So there are a bunch of barriers, but I think yeah. there are a bunch of technologies that are coming into play that's going to help with that. That's, you know, there are different apps. Like I mentioned, there's the, um, there, there, I mean, just, there's an app called the exhale, exhale app. Uh, I, you know, go to the store, let me go to the app store, check it out. But you know, the, the idea behind that came from around the time of George Floyd's uh, tragic murder and, you know, his last words being, I can't breathe. Um, mm. so that was a community where they were like, you know, we have to do something, figure out ways where people who are holding that in and they're having issues and impacted by what, you know, what's going on in the times of the world and want to speak out and, you know, they have at least a solution for that. So exhale is one of the apps that are out there. That's great. You know, what drove this home for me. So in the last couple, so, you know, I went to that whole Vegas trip and did that whole out West and in Vegas, we saw just homeless. I've been in a few major cities now, Chicago, Vegas, and New York City since the whole thing has started opening up since the pandemic. I've never seen this amount of homelessness uh, and people are going to have other issues because then if you're homeless, then you have your bases taken from you. You're not going to be able to worry about other things, right? So, I mean, this first time ever, I mean, weed is everywhere, right? That's annoying, but that's cool. It's the, I get it. It's legal in a lot of places. First time my wife and I, you know, we stayed in New York City. The kids are back with the grandkids, parents and the cousins stay in New York City. Weed, that's cool. Seen that everywhere. Cops don't mind. I saw a dude shooting up heroin living on the street. I had never yep. seen that before. I've been through the music industry and finance industry. I've never seen that before. Right? <laughs> and this dude and, and these guys and these guys are like literally at, that was at night and we we're staying in a nice area. But then like then in the middle of the day, like dudes passed out just every race, every nationality, every color, it, it, it's hitting everybody. So I'm thinking, you know, because a lot of people had a lot of stuff bottled up last year and a lot, a lot lost a lot last year. Um, it was January 6th, a metaphor for the Band-Aid being pulled off, right? We're opening up. It's just a precursor to worse to come. I think what we need to do is get, you know, we'll get delve deeply into a little bit for this for a second. I think we, I'm kind of coming, I, you know, everyone knows I kind of, I run purple. I lean, I can, I see the good in some, both these parties. So I, I'm kind of leaning blue on this one. Focus policies on the bottom 50% of Americans and start making lives better for everyone. Um, you, the U.S. globally is uniquely positioned to do this, right? Improving the lives of just, you know, 80 to 100 million people would amplify incredibly our output for Americans, you know, and the society just make us better as a, as a unit, right? Um, it'll help us stay at or near the great world order. So I want to leave that nugget. I don't want to get too much into policy, but I think we need that. I'm, I'm, we're seeing it now. I've been only in three major cities since the pandemic. Everything opened up. That's what I saw repeatedly. Homelessness, people struggling in a different way that I had ever seen before. Yeah, I think, I think oh, the, absolutely. the pandemic definitely right. did. Oh, sorry, my bad. Go for it. <laughs> now you got it. Yeah, I think the pandemic, to your point, uh, exacerbated, like you said, uh, some of the issues that were already there, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was something that, you know, just happened because of the pandemic. You know, people were, li- as we talked in many episodes, people were living paycheck to paycheck. And when you took, when you take that away, when you take someone's livelihood away, that does a whole different work 
work up on you mentally. Right. And nothing solidifies somebody who has a consistent paycheck and, and on top of it, maybe you can have savings. Um, what that does to you mentally is, is damaging. Now, I know it was, it was easy for me to say, oh, let's look at therapy as an option, you know, because I, you know, I go to it. I, I still go through it. You know, I'll go to therapy and I love it. You know, it's a, it's an outlet for me. Uh, and I, I, you know, sometimes I look forward to it. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't want to do it, but then I feel good after it. Uh, but for someone who's struggling on a, like, as, as, as you mentioned, like who, who's, who sees no way out. This is mm. this is to your point of, you know, where does the government step in and help this population? Uh, you know, we do have to figure out and we can't fight over funds on that space. That's why, you know, that's why you see different parts of the country, different cities, different states look at it differently because they might have a higher population that that is struggling than other states. And they are or at the same time, see that they actually can recognize that their population is struggling. There's a there's, you know actual figures and then people actually recognizing that there is a problem, two different stories, but I don't want to go down that path. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, to echo Abdul's point, there are some cities, you know, especially those progressive cities that are taking some actions. When I shout out New York city, they created a, uh, 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 a non-police response team called be heard program, where it's a behavioral health emergency assistance response division which they send um, trained mental health professionals for uh, 911 calls who are clearly mental health related. And what they saw was like a 25% of their calls were related to these type of issues. And then when they, when these people got there, the, the, the people who were, you know, called, called upon, uh, who called the police or people had the police called on them. They, uh, they accepted help around 95% of the time from the mental health, uh, specialist who came to the home. So this is like a oh, pilot nice. program that uh, NYC has put in place. I'm sure there are other community uh, communities out there across the U.S. who are looking or doing stuff stuff like this. But it's interesting because when you respond to it differently, you get a different result. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there are a bunch of um, examples of when you know police arrive to the scene. Uh, unfortunately, they they're they're fearful. They may get bad information, or they just may have a um, experience where they they, um, they just don't respond properly. And when you have someone who's mentally disabled or mentally not all there, um, you know, you tend to get tragic outcomes. So having professionals who are trained in this type of area that you can reduce the cause for violent uh, uh, to open it up so you can mm. have the police respond to more violent issues uh, by 25%. You're getting more people to accept the help. I mean, this sounds like a clear win-win uh, across the board. So programs like Be Heard in New York City and other communities are ones that I think will have a positive impact. And I'm glad that there are at least someone thinking about that. I love that you brought that up, man. So like, if there's ways that we can participate, I didn't know about that program. I want to learn more about it. And I want, there's a quite a few. A simple way for us all to get involved is even start mentoring people. So we, all of us, I know, Anthony, you've done a lot. I've done a lot. I know, Clyde, you have too. Like, we we mentor a lot officially and unofficially yeah. academics professionally and unofficially for just a lot of people in our life be an advisor to people and they may not want it you know you know i mean i'll be honest i saw i i went in heavy on mentoring because i had i didn't have great mentors early in my life um 
people that just could share great leadership. I'm not knocking anyone, but it wasn't there. Like, hey, respecting yourself enough to respect others to the point where you could see the value and help help them achieve their best value. So that's just that's the game of my life, right? The players weren't the best uh, initially. Um, now everyone's great, so that's cool. But you know, people were working through their own shit. So I had I saw that. Hey, I promised myself when I was able that I'm going to actually try to chip in and mentor a lot, and that's the main reason I do it. And it, you know, there's not going to be a reward <laughs> for any of this besides seeing them go and kill it. Personally, there won't be, but for them, there will be, hopefully. Uh, if you can be an unconditional mentor to people, sometimes you got to be conditional. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, and, but, you know, and people will never know how much you care or empathize with their situation, but get out there. That's one easy thing you can do that has a tremendous impact on people. Yeah. I, I think to, to, to that point, mentoring, and then at the same time, um, I think we, we, we talked a couple episodes about education, uh, and with, you know, how you're, you know, what you think, what you're training your, ch- your children to do, um, when it comes down to the academic side of it. And then there's now, you know, we have to really focus on one handling emotions, right? For, for, you know, you know, it's one thing to say, control your emotions. One thing is, is all how you handle it too. Like in that process of handling your emotion when you're upset and then how to calm yourself down. Um, meditating mm. is becoming, you know, has become, mm. listen, I didn't learn anything about meditating until about, you know, a couple of years ago. I used to hear people, those are my yeah, people, to, my people meditate all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, used, I used to hear about meditating and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And, you know, and, and, it, and now I, you know, like I'm watching these different videos of like, you know, high school basketball players and kids visualizing and they're now doing more meditating. Um, to Phil Jackson, yeah, right? Exactly. It, it, <laughs> All this, I, you're right. Uh, it goes back to Phil Jackson. Everything goes back to Chicago somehow and the Bulls. No, but you're absolutely right. No, <laughs> no keep it going. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, but I, I think w- if we start children out in a way of handling your emotions and then be able to channel it verbally in a way to help explain what's going on with you and how you're feeling, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I remember, you know, getting upset and at, in my twenties and not having to know how to explain my, my emotion, right? It takes time to learn that. Uh, and there's a lot of adults out here who get angry or upset or sad and they can't explain it. They don't know how to. And so the key is to kind of help guide a child or, or some, even at the earliest as you possibly can to help teach them how to explain what's going on, right? Start that process. So when moments come up because they always will, right? We're always going to have moments. Hopefully there's not traumatic moments. Hopefully there's just moments where we just need to get out our, what we're feeling that they are equipped to say what's going on. Now, who they want to say it to, that's a whole different story, right? (laughs) That's a trust thing. But I I think the key is to make sure we can, we, we teach children to explain their emotions and at the same time, calm themselves. You know, it's cool. One thing I learned is my mother-in-law has been great at this. So she gets into breathing exercise. I had this growing up all around me, meditation. I never really did it. Um, I do some other practices because it's big in Indian culture, meditating and just breathing exercises. Breathing exercises calms you down, apparently. And I've, I've started, and it takes one minute. And I've started incorporating. I forget when I want to blow up at something or somebody. But um, I'm trying to learn it. So it takes one minute. It takes six deep breaths together. Breathe in. It literally changes your heart rate. 
And then your heart rate velocity changes the hormones that are put into your body by you. So with long exhales, your heart starts beating slower, calms you down. Exactly what you said. Um, I used to get a lot of, uh, so I used to get, you know, from performing and like speaking, public speaking, I used to get a bunch of anxiety since, you know, I like how Anthony, how you open up a lot. I said, I like how you're transparent. So I'll, I'll give you one thing that I've done. So I used to get, and it's not about, Hey, envision them in their underwear, all the people <laughs> you're speaking to. That's, that's weird. <laughs> right. Um, so at one point, if it was a hundred and above a hundred, 500, 5,000, whatever, don't get nervous. Cause it just becomes a sea of people. You can't really is you see anyone when it was 20 or below, I used to go crazy, like get a little nervous, but then I'm like, Hey, you're out there to inform and entertain, whether it's like you're giving a keynote about finance or business, or you're singing to them. Um, it's not about you. Um, I, I'm up here giving up all, all my tricks, right? Try this though. So it's not, I'm not turning tricks. I'm, I'm giving them out. Right. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not about us. You should just, here's the idea. Hey, walk away that you're supposed to give them something and they're not going to get it unless you get your dumb ass up there and get into that mic, sing or talk about whatever you got to talk about. That'll give them some information. They can be the smartest cat at the water cooler the next day. So that, that, that minimize a lot of anxiety, um, in my life by doing that. That's, that's a trick I learned. That's because we, we, all three of us speak everywhere all the time. That's one thing I'm doing. Like, oh man, I'm, am I ready? Am I smart enough to do this? Hell with it, man. Just, uh, you got something for them because they brought you well, in. I think, I think you brought up a good point about the breathing exercise, right? The breathing exercise, what we, we love, you know, that's kind of tie it back with, you know, sports. We love Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Yeah. We, 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 you know, oh. KD, all, all, all these, all these yeah. top athletes, you know, now with the Olympics, Simone Biles, like we love these guys. They, you know, I, I tell people, I was like, man, yeah, we play pickup, you, you play pickup basketball. And if you're, if your ladies, your ladies on the side, you get nervous, right? These guys play, <laughs> these guys play in front of 20, 30,000 people on a regular basis. And when those big moments happen, they perform. And they just, uh, it's not like they just got ice. People like the journalists like to say, hey, they got ice water in their veins. And they, no, they, no, they have to calm their, they have calmness. So they do these breathing exercises. They take this stuff. So why not for all these athletes that we love and we, and we, we marvel after, why not take some of their best practices to our everyday life? Right? Like those breathe that, that's six seconds of breathing to your point before we go up to speak in front of people. Before we walk into a, a board meeting or something of that nature, you know, you got to calm yourself. I don't know anybody, unless you're, you're, you're constantly there on a regular basis, right? And you're the head honcho. Then, then, then it's just like second nature to you. But when you go into that meeting, you have to calm yourself or, you know, you, 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 you come home from a busy day at work and now you're walking to your house with your kids going crazy. And you got to calm yourself. And there's some of those small practices, like you mentioned, that that professional athletes use on the biggest stages can help you. Again, it's not the same. I get it. I don't want to minimize it, but it's it's close to it. But check out this podcast, right? The Mindset Mentor. Sorry, I got something to call it. With Rob Dale. I don't know what happened. You got me caught up. I was playing. Uh, I choked on water. So beyond talent, right? How to use the chemicals in your brain to help you work harder for what you want. So this guy, he talks to athletes, right? He, what, what's the difference between like the Kobe's, the LeBron's, the Jordan's of the world, right? And the rest and at, and expert executives as well. Cause they all have mindful, mind, mindfulness coaches that they meet with weekly. Cause they're dealing with a lot. You got to become obsessed with, you know, so what happens with some of those folks? It's preparation as well. 
which makes you ready for life, right? So winning every single game, not just the championship, right? That's why like this, you know, he, he brought in Tim Grover, which is a favor of mine because he taught like Kobe and Michael, Michael Jordan. And he's, he's from the Punjab, as Anthony likes to say. <laughs> as we whoa, learned, whoa, he's, he's Punjabi. He's, he's Punjabi. <laughs> no. So you, you never, you know, you never want to say you wish you could have done more, right? All these cats, like LeBron spends a ton of money on his body, as are a lot of other athletes, because they never want to say at the end of the day. Here. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of them are doing it because they have knowledge and expertise around it. Oh, if you do this, don't gamble all night, Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but nutrition, fitness, sleep, when you decide that your life is built around basketball or impacting the world or like leading Amazon, whatever it is, the world literally becomes your library. That was one of the messages from this guy. I want to bring out some other things. Um, they don't see any other option except for winning. So like, I, you know, I always go to MJ. Here we go. Um, it, one of my favorite quotes, never lost a game. I just ran out of time. <laughs> well, <laughs> but MJ, cause you know, he, you know, like Kobe, Kobe was like maybe the pinnacle of this, like self-discipline. There's chemicals. I'm going to get down to chemicals with these guys or that's where I was really going. Dopamine and serotonin, right? We know what these are. Dopamine is the chemical inside your brain that makes you feel good. You can get that through social media, gambling. I think these are bad ways of getting it and hi- they can hijack your dopamine reward systems, right? Um, it's a chemical of motivation. It's focuses on the external world. Serotonin is a focus on the internal world. So if do- dopamine is the chem, is the chemical of motivation, celebrate the little wins. Basically just kind of get that into your mind. Be mindful about little wins in your life. And it's not about just winning that championship. It's winning all those every little games, right? Yep. Um, and, and that, and then the future goal. There's this guy, I'm trying to, he's a dude that's been on this leadership podcast. So you know, he's going to come to me. He was saying basically, if you envision something, uh, it's like you've done it. Your body doesn't know the difference, but your mind knows the difference, but your body will feel the reaction because you release the chemicals. So, hey, you want to make a mill? You're poor. I'm just kidding. If you want to make like five, 10 mil, that's your next gig, right? You should basically envision it like it's already happened and then you'll keep your body. will start feeling it and you will never feel down about not having it, um, but you that you'll, you'll work and creep towards it. Right. So think those thoughts that have those chemical reactions in your body. Cause look, man, I'm, I'm going to say this one thing. I've been around one or two. I got amazing people in my life. You guys are great. My wife's great. Parents are great. Right. I've, I have one or two kind of shitty ass people. Like just they're, they complain about everything. If I gave them a hundred thousand dollar check out of the blue today, <laughs> they complain I didn't give them a hundred thousand dollars in one cent. Right. That's just the kind of people they are yeah. in my life. And that's fine. And I used to kind of empathize. They had their own whatever, whatever challenges. But at some point, I had to minimize my interaction with them because it's just toxic. And I became, because I found myself, and I, here's another thing I'll tell you, uh, learn from my mistakes. I'd say, hey, hey, they can complain and bitch about everything I've done for the last 50 years. Okay, whatever, five, 10, whatever it is, years, every time I see them, let me start doing the same. And guess what? Then we're all miserable. Yeah, I'm right. like, hey, you guys be miserable. I'm going to do me, right? So I remember when I hit my milestone birthday 40 years, I'm like, all right. I'm going to minimize my interactions with certain types of people. And it's been a blessing. I still have to have them in my life because it keeps ecosystems intact. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I minimize it and I'm so much happier for it. What are some of no, the to be? Oh, go ahead. I've been talking my butt off. No, I was going to say, I think that's a great point. And one of the things that, you know, as we have this conversation and think about the conversation is are about the kids as well. Right. I mean, this past year has been um, probably more of a challenge than we know, especially for kids who've been in isolation, um, having to learn and navigate systems where, you know, COVID is like a germ that they're worried about. And, 
you know, one there, there, I read some, I read something uh, recently was talking about that, you know, COVID was a major impact for anxiety and also depression. And especially within kids uh, and mental health concerns, because there weren't systems set up to help support them, keeping them interactive with the outside world, especially those families who were, you know, had health issues or concerns about COVID and didn't play the little loose as some did more than others. Um, so, you know, those are things that you have to think about and watch about from the kid's perspective because, you know, they talk about, uh, uh, you know, depression being like a silent sadness is something that, you know, could be very true for, for kids out there. And we, we let the kid, we were trying to keep the kids away from video games, uh, forever. And then last year we just let it happen. Roblox. Cause they had, that was their social interaction last year. Mm. And they, they, they looked pretty happy and healthy so luckily but i know some friends they said that hey their kids are, they see it in their kids a little bit we've been fortunate i well, we think but we you know that they're kind of good but we let that video game thing happen hey roblox whatever it is socialize with other people get it out there um meet people man get out and touch people in a in a, in a, in a legal way there we go okay <laughs> don't get off cuomo don't get off cuomo oh. on them oh, oh. <laughs> no i listen i yeah. think there's there's a lot there's a lot to say from a from a from a perspective of like mental health and and yeah, so so you know, I think this has been a great conversation, fellas. As Athul mentioned earlier, we are not professionals, but we're just going from the whiskey perspective, where we see the value and areas of opportunity to improve upon this conversation. We wanted to share with our audience because we know we feel it's important from the Black and Brown community, and we felt like we have something to say from our our, our current experiences. So, thank you for listening to this. Great conversation. There's uh, more tools out there. There's a whole mental wellness, mental wellness month. Um, I think it's in October. Um, and there's also, for some reason, it seemed like it came up twice. Maybe it was, I don't know. There's something in May and then something in October. So uh, the theme for mental wellness month for the year was tools to thrive. So I would suggest everyone Google that. Figure out what tools you need, whether it's in person, uh, online, and uh, take those steps. I think it's very important. I'm, um, I'll close on this note. Um, Meek Mill, another great philosopher, <laughs> tweeted <laughs> tweeted uh, uh, we need to make we need to make uh, conversations about mental health is cool, mental wellness cool. Um, so you know when you have people like that who have a great influence around certain parts of the community, having those type of conversations, I think it, it, it's very helpful. So thank you for listening to uh, our, 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 our great conversations around mental wellness. Um, but, you know, we're still the Whiskey Hue. And, it's you know, before drink. we get ready to close out, <laughs> we're going to uh, do two things. We're going to talk about shit you should know. Uh, then we're going to dive into our whiskey of the day. So we're going to close out that way. But for let's kick it off. Shit you should know, fellas. Oh, listen, I'll go. I'll go because I know Thule's got like 20 different things. So yeah. I got two. I got two. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, got, I got two. I got uh, two. One in, on this topic. Um, both things are on, top, on this topic. Um, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration is under the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, check it out. If you want to, you know, get some information, some different messages or, or, or different uh, aspects of what the federal government is doing, 
Um, you can check that site out um, and, you know, gain a little information here. And then you might be able to find what your state is doing and what your local government is also doing uh, around that topic. Um, also, what we were talking about uh, within our conversation today, there is no one size fits all strategy. Right. You know, we all grew up in different parts of the country or the world, grew up in different families. There's no one way to get to to handle your to handle whatever's going on with you. Right. So, uh, you know, I want to make sure we're clear. Like we said, we're not professionals, but understand as you are, maybe you're figuring out how to tackle what's going on. There's no one size fits all. So as you figure it out, it's best that your path isn't destructive. Right. Uh, That's the one thing. So as you as you work through it and you look for services or, or you talk to your friends, just recognize as you listen to this episode, all 100 million people, there's no one size fits all. Nice. Well said, man. That was great. Well said. Well said. And for me, I'll kind of continue with that theme. Ross, you just know, um, for those listening, you know, there are five, you know, essentially five signs of that mental illness uh, that, you know, I, I suggest you look out for excessive paranoia, worry or anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. <laughs> Let me say that over again. The, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Speak and smell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having a hard time speaking. Um, Kanye all right. Concert, and, Kanye concert is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with this shit, you should know, uh, I'll continue with that theme like, uh, AG and, dive into the five warning signs of mental illness. Um, they're excessive paranoia, worry or anxiety, long lasting sadness, uh, extreme changes in moods, social withdrawal and dramatic changes in eating or sleeping patterns. So, you know, just kind of look for those signs in yourself or others that are around, you know, and then have conversations, be open and have a good conversation. So that's my shit, you know. I'm going to put out like, uh, I love that, man. Um, I'm, you know, like Y Combinator and all these groups. Let's put a challenge out there. They should just have a Y Combinator cohort focusing on organizations that are trying to tackle mental health and anxiety. That should be something. That's something we all support. And I think that'd be great. Um, I was on a call earlier, a couple of weeks back now with my Nexus group that I'm a part of. There's someone that developed this app called Shadow's Edge. It's intended to help teenagers keep a healthier mindset and be more mindful. Just reminders and all these kind of tags and all this kind of stuff and then connection. And then less, less, a lower brow. So, uh, tennis, man. I know Anthony likes it. Um, I like it. Uh, I don't know. Clyde only likes NBA and G League. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, but Joykovic a couple of weeks back, man, uh, at the, oh my God, at Wimbledon. What's Wimbledon? Oh my God. What's wrong with me? Yeah, Wimbledon, Wimbledon. Yeah, Wimbledon. Djokovic um, won his 20th Grand Slam. He's 34 years old. He's the youngest of the trio, Nadal and Federer. Federer's 39. Everyone considers Federer the greatest of all time because he had 121st. But wow. Na- he has a losing record to Nadal and Djokovic. He's not even the yeah, greatest of jo- his Djokovic era. Best. I think Djokovic, and he's the only one of these three I've seen play live at the U.S. Open. If anyone gets can get out to Arthur Ashe Stadium and see these things, and uh, it's usually end of August, September, mm-hmm. 
get out there. It's a beautiful time and it's, you can get, you can get tickets. Frederick, I was in line for once and I had to get out because my five year old kid had to go po po. So I had to miss my line, get out of line and I missed <laughs> while we're hanging out in line. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, man, you owe me a beer, kid. <laughs> Gotta love the kids. Gotta love the kids. No, so Nadal versus Federer, 24 to 16. Uh, Federer's ahead, right? Djokovic is ahead and he's the youngest one and he's the healthiest one because Nadal's breaking down a little yeah, bit is. here and there. Federer's breaking, but Nadal isn't a sad. He's got that Michael Jordan. Like he doesn't want to enjoy it. He wants to just kill everybody who he's playing, right? Um, and Djokovic kind of has that LeBron laissez faire. Like you know, he's like he's having a good time doing and it. He's, uh, and he's the best ever. <laughs> nah. He just said it. You nah, just he, said he's it. A be- he's the best of this he's era. Just- no, he's the best of this era. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Nadal. Any day over uh, any of these three, just because he's a joker. He just he's in there to win. He's in there to win. I'll take Jordan over anybody. <laughs> you got to punch above your weight, man. That's what I'm saying. Oh, That's, I like go, I like that yeah. punch so, above the weight. So this has been. Uh, thank you for sharing sharing those <laughs> shit you should knows, gentlemen. Thank you for sharing those. I think they were all great. Um, and before we close out, we want to talk about our whiskey of the day, which is Redemption Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, I think it's a pretty good one. I was sipping on it. I f- thought it was a little sweet, yeah. uh, but well balanced with like a vanilla caramel uh, flavor that is it's better on the rocks is what I like to say. Um, what do you think, fellas? I think it's a uh, it's got a little spice to it. It's actually uh, it's I would say it's worth keeping in your closet. In your cabinet, wherever the hell you keep your whiskey. <laughs> in your shoebox. What's going on over there, man? In your drawer, your desk. What's going on? <laughs> I got a keg of whiskey. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, it smells good, too, man. It's got a nice smell when you open it up and just kind of wave your hand over it. Uh, it's, it's nice. Yeah, definitely smell that, the spice to it, but that vanilla and caramel, always smelling it in there. Yeah. It's nice, yeah, man. Yeah. Nice pick. I think it's, a, I think it's like a competitor to like a, a, a bullet, so... You know, if you're looking for alternative to that bullet, so price points are very similar. Making an old fashioned with this, uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're talking. <laughs> we, past couple episodes, we're you know we're talking about uh, mixing whiskeys all of a sudden. So I don't mix drinks. I ain't weak. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great episode of the Whiskey Hue. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.